police in the morning. Welcome, B-Movie fans, to this week's B-Movie Chat. One of the most important elements of creating a compelling film is the music that accompanies the cinematography. An appropriate film score can help accentuate established atmosphere of a particular setting or scene. While a poorly chosen score may ruin a scene, removing the audience's immersion from the story. If done well, the background score can even become as memorable as the scene itself, or even more memorable than the corresponding scene. We all remember the theme song from Friday the 13th and Halloween franchises, even if we can't remember which scenes they're from. Music is without a doubt an integral part of filmmaking, especially in the genre of horror. So today we will be discussing what exactly is the influence that music and film have on each other. How does the background score complement the imagery on screen? What kind of music is appropriate in different types of scenes? And is it ever appropriate to have no score at all? Joining us for this chat is the host of the Heavy Metal Horror Cast, Sue. Sue, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Nice to be here. Oh, it's lovely to have you on. Yeah, so this seemed like it'd be a fun uh, topic to have. So, um, just because I know everybody here likes horror and... Um, Metal music kind of seems to go pretty well with that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I was actually reading earlier, actually a few bands have had their their names taken from horror films, like Black Sabbath was originally a, a film made in 1963. And when Black Sabbath first started making um, music, they said they liked what horror films were doing because it kind of created a scary atmosphere and they wanted to see if they could do that with music. So I think those two kind of like were kind of always meant for each other. Yeah, they, um, because of the imagery that went along with the band and the name of Black Sabbath, they started to get um, stalked by occultists, didn't they? Yeah, and even today, they really, like, are synonymous with, with black magic or evil, kind of like how Marilyn Manson was labeled as well. Like, even though they uh, don't exactly, like, portray that or say that, they just kind of were assumed to be that way. They take different images from each other, don't they, and kind of merge them and use them to create their own stories, I suppose. Pretty much, yeah. I I noticed with a lot of uh, metal music, it's kind of like, almost like like listening to a story in a lot of ways. Like especially some will have continuous storylines going on with it, so it's kind of interesting. It's like really basically like a radio version of um, a horror film in a way. Yeah, it's but they're both quite theatrical as well, aren't they? They both play on those really overexpressive sort of elements that you can really sort of lose yourself in and um you know just get lost in the story like you say it's really interesting to watch and listen to and if you can't combine the two then it becomes something even it to me personally it becomes something even greater i was reading um quite an interesting thing about the paranormal activity films Quite a lot of the time in Paranormal Activity, there's no soundtrack. But they've they used this infrasound, which is a really low-level bass sound, um, which we can't hear with our ears, but we can feel. And it's the sort of sound we associate with um, thunderstorms and earthquakes and stuff. So... That's why in those type of films we get that heightened sense of anxiety. It's really interesting, you know, just how different sounds can be used to manipulate your emotions. I think the movie The Exorcist did the same thing, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, um, it's a very, like, low sound, but, yeah, like you said, it it emulates an earthquake or something, and it also emulates... um, like a low-pitched roar like so it automatically stimulates your fight or flight like puts you on edge automatically it's uh, really interesting the way that works yes yeah, it's, it's like um, an evolutionary thing isn't it we're already attuned exactly. even though we don't know about it pretty much the same thing actually will exist sometimes in um old abandoned houses the way the um the acoustics will be 
and that's why like when people go into a into an old abandoned house and they'll think it's haunted because they'll have this like eerie feeling but it's really just because of these of the um way the sound travels it's a really really a fascinating kind of thing yeah it's crazy yeah i'm trying to think of something productive to say in this conversation and we're talking about music and movies so my mind just kind of like goes blank and goes back to the 1979 movie zombie or, or zombie 2 as it's it's commonly known as well and uh, the theme to that, which goes like, do, 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 do. And like, I try and think of other like songs or sounds from movies, and it just keeps getting overridden by that song. Like, like I'm stuck in this constant loop, and I can't get out of it right now. Do you know what? I'm the same, but I've got the theme tune to um, Gremlins in my head. Which is not to, not anything to do with metal at all, but it's... In my head, I'm just going, but it's like, I, I guess it, it's one of those things that you can easily get stuck in your head and like an earworm. But it, it's kind of fascinating movies that do, they, they use the same theme over and over. And like at some point during the movie, like you're like, this is, this is kind of annoying. How come they keep using the same song over and over? Um, and yet, you know, when you leave that movie or when the movie's over, like, it, it's stuck with you. And, you know, there are things memorable about the movie because of that. Yeah, I mean, think about the, um, the shower scene in Psycho with the um, music from that. Like, anybody hears it and they know exactly what it is. It's like, even if you've never seen Psycho, like, I don't think I know anybody who doesn't know the music from the, sh- from the shower scene. Or, you know, yeah. if you watch the James Bond, I think it's A View to a Kill. That's the only song they use throughout the entire movie. Like, anytime, anytime something happens, action it's, you know, you, you hear Duran Duran start up and you go, you go, what the fuck, guys? Don't, don't you have the rights to any other music? You're, like, the biggest movie franchise ever. Duran Duran were like, if I'm getting involved, you need to use my song in every single scene. Like, it's just, it, it's hilarious, too, when you see, like, bigger production movies like that, that, you know, there's there's so much more that they can do, but yet they they focus on the same thing over and over. Yeah, well, it's it's catchy. It's uh, something that it's very simple. If it, it sticks with people, you know, the general sound to it, even if um you don't have all the all the tones correctly. And then also there's those you know those several uh, musicians for movies or orchestral people that uh, you recognize their music like almost instantly when a movie starts anymore. Uh, or, like John Williams or Danny Elfman are, yeah. are two that come to mind. That it's just like as, as soon as that as soon as that Danny Elfman music starts, you go, you go, it, this has to be a Tim Burton movie because Dan- Danny Elfman is on screen, and nine times out of ten, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, I, when before you said John Williams, I was like thinking mm, John Williams. Yep, <laughs> they've got a significant or. A unique style haven't they and they kind of score in that way but it obviously works because these are the the soundtracks that we remember aren't they you know they're iconic i suppose for a reason i think that it has to really fit the scene speaking of john williams you think of the theme to to jurassic park it's um very adventurous you instantly get the feeling of seeing like a new kind of world so it works with that that whereas the music from psycho which basically kind of sounds almost like a screech it really goes with that scene of like somebody getting murdered or like jason's theme from uh, friday the 13th which is trying to get you yeah. to buy jiff pop popcorn yeah, yeah <laughs> basically it's very quiet and like it'll just kind of um change suddenly it's it works with that of a slasher like kind of seeking somebody out and you don't know what's going to be out there so it, it really has to fit the scene and like all great artists are really good at, at knowing how to fit a scene with uh, music. Well, you know, I, I know people that, you know, grew up in the, in the 70s and just hearing the theme from Michael Myers, just, they, they can't stand it. It just, it sends shivers down their spines and they start, like, kind of their ears, ears, eyes, not, not their ears, their eyes water up. And they're like, please, please turn this off. And, like, I'm not joking. Like, I know somebody that's like that just because of seeing that movie when it came out. So they instantly recall how scared they were when they watched the movie, and that brings back, like, the memories? I, I suppose. 
you know, they kind of associate that music with um, the fear they had. So either that, or they were you know visited by a white-faced William Shatner in you know, <laughs> at, at nighttime when they were young. Which yeah. I mean, that would that would cause anybody to cry too. Yeah, I was going to say nobody wants that. You might be friendly. We don't know. <laughs> with a knife? It's a bottle opener. I have come <laughs> to stab you to death, and you will enjoy every moment of it because I am. Denny Crane. <laughs> that is a movie I'd watch. William Shatner, killer extraordinaire. <laughs> With my bottle opener of doom. That would be a fun movie. Like, William Shatner realizes he's never been in a slasher film, so he decides to make his own. However, William Shatner has fought the devil in a movie before. Um, in the movie De- Devil's Reign um, from the 1970s. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not the devil per se, but a, uh, an agent of the devil. Spoiler alert. William Shatner is not more powerful than the devil. When we first said that, that, I'm trying to think of episodes of Star Trek where he fought the devil. I'm like, wait a minute, he's been in more than that. Never mind. <laughs> well, he, he also tried to fight a gremlin on the wing of a plane before. But, and, and that's another iconic mute. The Twilight Zone. Do, 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 do. They, they, I believe they actually did use that for the Twilight Zone movie. And if they didn't, someone, someone needs castrated over that debacle. Yeah, because you, you know what that tune is. Even if you haven't seen the Twilight Zone, you know that's the Twilight Zone theme tune. Well, and that's, that's one of those things I, I think I walked in to hear to you guys talking about is fucking Halloween 2, the, the Rob Zombie one. When they didn't <laughs> use the um, Halloween music. And it's, that's, that, that really is a travesty, like... You know, that's also um, another John Carpenter movie, Attack on Assault on Precinct 13. I, I've seen the original, I've seen the remake. And to not use John Carpenter's music is just such an insult because uh, although his music does all sound very techno, techno-y and the same for the most part, it's still iconic to that movie and to that setting. And it's it's got a style all its own, you know, just like you know, other johns that make lots of music but uh you know it it's one of those things that you you begin to associate that with that movie and how do you distance yourself from that or how do you break that without seeming like you're being disrespectful to it yeah well that's what we were kind of talking about you know before um it it just seemed really arrogant on rob zombie's part you know, like, this is my thing now, and I'm going to try and disassociate any association with you, because it's my baby, you know. It, and, and then how many how many Halloween movies did he make? Uh, exactly two. <laughs> and there will not be a third one, ever. No. Not with him at the helm, anyway, I don't think. Yeah, I feel like when, a lot of times when you, like, change the music or certain elements people who make remakes will miss certain key elements that they overlooked it's like that was a lot more important than you realized and that's like a perfect example of music being so integral to a film like without that it's really not even a halloween film it's just you know a guy in a mask walking around killing people yeah it's just a, a film that's ripped off another film and now as speaking of music you know being integral and how fitting music must be um, I, I really have to talk about Cannibal Holocaust. Ah, yeah, I was thinking that one too. The, the one movie where the music absolutely positively does not fit with what you're seeing on screen, but it is perfect for what's going on due to the underlying messages of the movie. Have you ever seen Cannibal Holocaust? Yes. I've, yeah. I only watched it a couple of months ago. I. It's just the most bizarre film Ever. It's it's one of those movies where it's it's not that I particularly like it, but it's such a great film that I think anyone who is involved with film in any way or enjoys uh, filmmaking needs to see it to ex- to mm. experience it, not just to see it, but to experience Cannibal Holocaust for its historical significance and for the the way it's filmed, presented, and how they use the music in it as well. I can't remember how is what's the music because I can't funnily enough I can't remember the music it almost sounds 
like cheerful and cheerful. It's um, yeah. they'll use the same music in the scenes that are like more lighthearted, as also the scenes where there's like a rape going on or like people burning to death. Basically, they do that to I'm trying to think of the right way of putting it. Freak you out that, to show that it's it's normalcy. Yeah, for the uh, oh. yeah the I, I don't know if they're antagonists or protagonists, but the documentary filmmakers. Yeah, to show how like they're not really thinking about it, like they're not really. Well, the depravity they're doing is so easy for them to overlook, and it's just they're just doing it for a film. And but meanwhile, so, they're actually killing people. So it's so much more horrifying listening to it while somebody's while somebody's getting raped or murdered or anything like that. Because it's this is the same thing going on when it's the same situation for them. It's it's no different. They're like so removed from it. And it's such a such a unique use of music in a movie to get that underlying point because most movies the music is just kind of like to accentuate what's going on on screen and to match what's going on screen and not used to mismatch on purpose. Ah, so, yeah, because just coming at it from an outside perspective, I suppose when you watch it, it is it doesn't go together, and you think. Did they not understand how a music score works, or? But obviously they did, and it was an intentional thing to, you know, like you were saying, underline that horror. I've seen certain horror films where, like, they'll have um, something playing in the background, like like a kids show or something, and it makes it even scarier. Like if somebody's being murdered or like sliced up while like um, this any kind of like kids cartoon is playing. It's you see, like, how mundane it is for the person murdering them. Like, it's just such, an, like, no big deal. Like, and it just makes it so much creepier to know, like, how removed from the situation the murderer is. Yeah. Ooh. Scary. There's a lot of psychology with music. It's, um, I'm always really impressed with, um, because I'm, I have no musical talent, so I'm, I'm always really impressed when people manage to do those things. Aside from being able to play the spoons, I'm in, I'm in the same boat there. Well, that makes three of us, so uh, can't even play the spoons. They've done scientific tests, haven't they, to see which parts of the brain respond to certain types of music. So, like a romantic movie, I suppose, that goes straight for the pleasure senses in your brain, and that's sort of, you know, we link that with nice food or a good time or whereas horror i suppose that's the more primal part of your brain where your you know fight or flight reactions i suppose so it's so you know they've obviously put this research in and found out exactly how to manipulate us i don't think i've seen a romantic movie for like 10 years like i can't even think of the last quote-unquote romantic movie i've seen like, does, does Dawn of the Dead count as romantic because Steve and Fran kind of sort of try to get married in the mall? Why not, yeah. I mean, that's 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 as romantic as it gets gets here. It's a romantic horror film. I mean, my, my wife and I have watched, like, every season of Ever After High on on Netflix. Does that does that count as romantic? I don't even know what that is. I have is. no idea what that is, but it sounds romantic. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's like children's dolls. It's kind of like the princess versions of the uh, the Monster High dolls, where they're the daughter of like Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast, and that instead of the daughter of Frankenstein and the daughter of the Abominable Snowman. Uh huh. I I've lost you completely, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of this thing. It sounds incredibly bizarre. See, I, I love the Monster High stuff. It's 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 so funny. It's got great great. It actually does have great morals for the kids. It's um, you're a little girl in a man's body. I mean, to each their own. I mean, Professor X tra- did that to Logan once, I think. What, he put Wolverine in a girl's body? No, he, he made Wolverine think he was like a 10-year-old girl. Oh, right, right. I was like, what, co- what comic was that? <laughs> and then Wolverine, like, cut little paper dolls out with his claws or some shit like that. Was that in the animated series? No, I'm, 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 I swear this was in the comics at some point. In the original movie um, from 2001, I think it was, Mm. um, Professor X actually, like, threatens to make him think that he's a 10-year-old girl for the rest of his life. Um, And it's actually, like, a reference to the comics. Like, it's not just kind of thrown out there. It was an actual reference. 
Uh, there's there you can find it on the internet. Okay, so there's like a one-off comic where he actually does that, or I, I suppose I shall have to get on eBay and try and look that one up. <laughs> yeah. So wait, we were we were talking about music and movies, I think. Yeah. No, no, we're talking about Wolverine being a girl. Yeah, that's what, that's what the whole podcast is for. This is now the Wolverine yeah. becomes a little girl podcast. I, I was reading on one of those uh, like unbelievable facty things that pops up on my Facebook feed. Um, that apparently while filming the uh, the first X-Men movie, um, Hugh Jackman accidentally stabbed um, the Mystique stunt woman in the arm with, with his prosthetic claw things. And, um, you know, she she um, screamed, hell yeah, I just got stabbed by Wolverine. <laughs> like, she wasn't like, get me a medic or what the fuck is wrong with you, Hugh Jackman? No, I, I, yeah, I just got stabbed by Wolverine. That's awesome. Super excited. How many people I mean, can say that? Not many people can claim that, can they? Exactly. I mean, that's that's kind of a unique thing. Oh, what what qualifies you for this job? I was stabbed by Wolverine, and I survived. <laughs> Instant hire. Therefore, I am the best. Have you seen that, the what's it called, uh, Logan or anything like that? Like, I can't tell no. if it looks good or not. I keep hearing that it's really good. Yeah, I've heard good things about it, but mm-hmm. I, I just kind of, I don't care that much about Wolverine, I've, I'll be honest. I've heard good things about a lot of movies that are not good. That is also true. Uh, I mean, <laughs> people rant and rave that Avatar is one of the best movies ever, and I'm like, fuck you, it's just Romeo and Juliet retold for the 7,000th time. It's Fern Gully. If, if I want to see fucking Romeo and Juliet, and not watch the Leonardo DiCaprio version, I'm going to watch West Side Story, not Avatar. Pretty much. No, Av- Avatar is one of the most overrated films I think I've ever seen. I didn't see it in 3D, so I don't know if that makes a difference. Oh, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't, because oh. I did. And I still fucking hate it. Well, nowadays, oh. nobody really talks about Avatar. That one kind of fell under the radar after, like, a year. What, what do people talk about nowadays? I don't know. I don't talk to people. Um, I just... <laughs> They're all talking about Logan. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not big into Wolverine. He cries too much. There, there's this one comic made by the guy who made Johnny the Homicidal Maniac where it's a parody of Wolverine and he's got like, he's this big fat guy. He's got hot dogs on his um, Wolverine claws and he spends the whole comic like crying that like everyone he knows dies and things like that. And it's just, that one is probably my favorite Wolverine anything because it was just so funny and so true to like what I think about his character. You know the the only thing that can't heal Paul? Is it a broken heart? Like (laughs) (laughs) I just I I want I want them to to really get back to making a gambit movie. Unfortunately that was cancelled. Bastards. I don't know though because gotta do Gambit right. I was gonna say they kind of keep getting it wrong. Well, they they only had him in the one in in X Men Origins, which really really messed with me because I'm like, okay, so in the 1980s or whenever X Men Origins takes place, Gambit is a 40 year old man, but in X Men, <laughs> which takes place like in 2001, Rogue is a 16 year old girl. So you're telling me. That, you know, when Gambit meets Rogue, that, you know, he's going to be, like, 65 years old? Like, it's okay for Magneto to do that because he's a Holocaust survivor. You know, but Gambit should not be that old when he meets Rogue. And according to the movie universe, you know, he would be. But, you know, fuck that. Yeah, they kind of lost their way with those ones, didn't they? It just got a bit Well, and that's, that's kind of where they went with them. Um, which one was it? The Days of Future Past. They kind of were like, okay, we're going to bring the casts of both of the X-Men movie universes together and, uh, like, everything restarts. Let's retcon all our mistakes from um, X2. And then I still haven't seen Apocalypse, unfortunately. It's yeah, sitting at home. It's not that good. I, 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 I don't like care. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. The best one that did, the one that did the best out of it was Deadpool. Yeah, you know, I'm, out of that film, I'm, he I'm not, really got the best movie out I'm of all of them. I'm not a big Deadpool fan. Um, the movie was all right, but I mean, it was exactly what I expected. It was a bunch of, uh, you know, violence, um, swearing, and uh, let's break the fourth wall. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't surprised with anything in it. There was nothing 
that really made me go, wow, this is a great movie. Uh, because I've read some of the Deadpool comics and I mm. played through the Deadpool video games. So, I mean, De- Deadpool's Deadpool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun, but I it, it wasn't really surprising in any way. I, it was still fun. Yeah, well, I think that's, you know, you're saying about breaking the fourth wall and stuff. That's where, that's one of the characters they, they actually managed to get right. That he is like that in the comics and he's like that in the films and... The trouble is when you kind of grow up reading about these characters and then you see sort of like a bizarre version of them on the screen and you think, wait, they're not who I remember reading about. Then you get a bit pissed off about it. But whereas with Deadpool, he was Deadpool and it was like, yay, thanks for at least getting one right. See, I think one of the things about Deadpool too was, you know, people were so used to the PG-13, you know, Mm. superhero movies, and Deadpool actually was, you know, an adult superhero movie uh, through and through, and I think that's kind of one of the reasons that it really, you know, catapulted um, from from where it was. Absolutely. Loads of people were taking their kids, weren't they, and then complaining to theater management, like, this guy was swearing, and he was killing people all over the place, and the management were just going, you did just bring your child to an R-rated film. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah, it's like you didn't look at the rating before there, beforehand. It's clearly yeah. listed there. What did you think was going to happen? Well, even the PG-13 rated ones, like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I had a lot of kids. I, t- I teach preschool. I had a lot of kids that went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy. And they're like, I love Rocket Raccoon. And I was like, Rocket Raccoon said shit every three seconds. <laughs> like, literally, the word shit. Why are you taking your children to this movie? Like, yeah, it's crazy. Just because it says Marvel on it doesn't mean it's, it's child appropriate. Yeah, as, as a matter of fact, a lot of the comics aren't child friendly. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. Even the ones approved by the Comics Code Authority, but way back when that was, uh, well, maybe not so much then, but nowadays, certainly, they're not quite so. Yeah, back back in the day, we got to talk about the Joker's boner. <laughs> yeah, but it was done in a kind of jokey, cute way, wasn't it? It was well, um, innuendo. What, what was boner back then? Oh, back then, um, in the... I think it was, like, back in the 1940s, the word boner meant um, a blunder, like a mistake. So one of the um, famous uh, comic scenes in um, one of the old Batman comics is Chortle at the Joker's Boner. And it's it has a completely different context then than it does now. And it, it, that one's pretty funny. Well, it's like the... Uh, <laughs> I, and I think, it's, I think it's the Avengers from the 60s. Um, there's a scene... Uh, in, in one of the in one of the panels where Iron Man says he or you know Captain America one of them says to the other I'm going to give you a good dicking and back then <laughs> a, a good dicking was a good talking to you know you were going to get a verbal lashing but just to take those things out of context you know in today's age and what those kind of things mean you know it's 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 interesting to see and especially just looking at comics I mean I've I've read you know, I have a couple collections of the uh, the X Men when they first came out. Comics were a lot wordier and a lot more intelligent back back in the day. Um, today, it's a lot more um, of the coloration, a lot more ads, and a lot more um, a lot less dialogue. It's a lot more action. I, yeah, I agree with that. You know, with Marvel and DC and stuff, but. When you kind of look outside of that, it's a bit more along the same lines. It's slightly more, not even highbrow, but a bit more intelligent and still probably as many ads. You can find comics out there that aren't just pow, bam, biff, wow. Yeah, I tend to like image comics and uh, Dark Horse. They tend to be pretty good. Um, They kind of go away from the superhero stuff. It's kind of gets kind of bland after a while yeah there's um there's a lot of good stuff out there i'm, I'm not saying that there's not and that there's not intelligent stuff out there but uh but yeah just just seeing the evolution of some series is from you know many years ago uh to today it seems like 
you know, those things kind of lost their luster and kind of were just like, what? let's just, you know, do shit to keep it going. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And a lot of things that take base off of, like, mythology and, and other things that really, like, have a lot of research and a lot of historical things. And, you know, just, there's some stuff out there. But I think you know you could you could you can get a lot away with a lot more stuff now, can't you? Um, we were talking about Army of Darkness earlier, which I know is a bone of contention between you guys. Um, but that was rated R way back in the day when it was came out. Whereas by today's standards, I don't think you would rate that movie R. It would be maybe a PG-13, if that, you know, because there's a couple of swear bombs in there, but there's no real, it's not as horrific as a lot of horror films. What's well, Even have, when you look at, like, the, uh, the Star Wars movies, um, you know, A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, those were not intended to be, like, children's children's movies. And the only reason that they are PG instead of PG-13 is the PG-13 rating did not exist then. The PG-13 rating came about because of the movie Red Dawn, which was about communist Russia invading America. And it was highly violent in some scenes, but because of the content matter and the realism, um, they did not want to restrict you know, audiences, they were like, you know, this is something that's, you know, very culturally relevant, you know, we think everyone should be able to see it, so we don't want it to be R, but we don't want it to be, like, for little kids, so they, they compromised and, and came up with the PG-13 rating, and, um, you know, that's, that's one of those movies that, you know, I think even by today's standards, it probably would have gotten, like, a PG rating, um, for, you know, mild violence, what, Army of Darkness or Star Wars? Red Dawn. Oh. I, I lost you somewhere there. I'd say I'd say <laughs> PG-13 on that one. I don't know. You mentioned like a bunch of movies. So. Well, and then, I mean, the rating system is all fucked anyway because there are some movies that clearly could have been rated PG-13 that get rated R just because somebody didn't like something or it's from a studio that somebody hates because the rating board is all jacked up. Well, since we were talking about uh, comics, um, we should probably mm. go somewhat back to music. Um I was thinking about, like, since we were talking about, like, themes in uh, horror films, what about themes in, like, cartoons? I was thinking about this the other day. Because there are so many cartoons I remember from back when I was a kid. I'll remember the theme song, but I won't remember a single episode of the actual show. Those just kind of stuck out, like the really good ones. Like, yeah. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I remember a couple of them. I mean, I remember some of the stuff that happens in there, but I just... I mean, the theme song is just so iconic. It's just, it's just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles over and over. <laughs> yeah, you can't not get that one in your head. But, you know, going back to um, sort of like Danny Elfman, Link, the Batman, the animated series, you know, you can instantly recall that, that's, that uh, intro music. It's, and you know it's Batman. Oh yeah, that was that was a great one. That was um, I think that one actually won awards for the music. I know the show won like greatest mm. cartoon of all time, but um, yeah, that the music for that is just every time I hear something that even sounds like that, I think of the whole opening scene where he's fighting the um, the criminals and all that. The dudes on the roof, yeah, sort of sets up the tone of the the um, show as well, doesn't it? You know, that's the the music that. It's it sounds super heroic. And then there's like the original Spider-Man from '68. You know, does whatever a spider can, spins yeah. a web anywhere. You know, just one that's like a lot more catchy and things like that. And then there's yeah. you know the Captain America song from the '60s that I'm sure nobody knows, where you know Captain America throws his mighty shield. All those who oppose his shield must yield. Like it's just, it's bad. And it sounds terrible. And it's a horrible cartoon, too. It really... I had a geography teacher, and he looked exactly like Captain Planet. He wasn't blue. Um, 
but he had the same sort of mullety haircut and stuff. Was, was he your hero? Did, did he bring, bring <laughs> he pollution down to zero? He was not because I hated geography at school, so uh, if anything, he was my nemesis. I, I had a geography teacher who looked exactly like the Red Skull. Just, you know, he wasn't red. But, like, his, his, his cheeks were sunken like that, and his eyes were a little sunken. And, was he uh, bald? Uh, yes, yes, he was. Mm. And so, like, I would just get through geography class just by going, you know... He's probably plotting something up there. <laughs> Was he a Nazi? Uh, not, not to my knowledge, but you know, he may have he worked did for teach Hydra. geography. <laughs> he did. He did teach geography. Well, I thought of like um, as far as cartoon theme songs. Well, Captain Planet was one that everyone remembers because it's very catchy. And it's very simple. Like the, it's not exactly like. Um, a complex song, so I think that has a lot to do with um, how memorable things are. If it's very simple, like uh, lyrics, like like the Scooby Doo theme song, yeah, it's it's yeah. funny because I'll I'll have kids start like singing like Scooby Doo, and I'll I'll like join in, and they'll just like stare at me in in amazement as I finish the song out, and they're like, and I'm like, what? Don't don't you know the rest of the song? And they go. You know Scooby Doo too, and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah, I know Scooby Doo. Yeah, Scooby Doo was mine before it was yours. Still like the theme to Ducktales, even though I I can't recall a single episode of it, but that theme will forever be stuck part in my brain. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of. I mean, other than the the X Men TV series, um, I can't think of any other like. Well, um, are you afraid of the dark? That's a that's a genuinely creepy song with some some pretty cool imagery. I don't um, even remember the theme. I just remember the opening with them throwing the uh, stuff in the fire. Oh, so yeah, the theme is like, and it's got like the the creepy like attic and the swing swinging slowly and the ghostly laughing uh, yeah, children. Kind of, oh, what about the one from Goosebumps? That one was really memorable. Um, I and remember the, the briefcase glowing. opening and, and yeah. pages flying out, but I don't I don't remember the song at all. And like the dog with the fucking glowing eyes, that one was genuinely creepy too. I think I missed that one. I think it's on Netflix. At least it used to be. Like that's a good thing about the net um, Netflix. They repeat all the old sort of nostalgia cartoons, don't they? Pretty much, so yeah. You, you can go back and think, oh, I used to watch this when I was a kid. Yeah, it's always disappointing when you watch something from your childhood. You're like, wow, this is awful. Why did I yeah. watch this? What was wrong with me? Yeah, I haven't done that too often. I have watched back um, Batman the Animated Series, and that kind of stands up. You know, it's, it is what it is. It's simplistic batman well no they're not simplistic they're fairly complex actually i was actually watching that with a few episodes of that with my wife yesterday and yeah some of those are pretty dark like Mm. you can tell like they can't do certain things because it is a it is a kid show but you they still manage to entertain and they still manage to be pretty dark at times despite the fact they're so restricted and destroy half of gotham city with every episode yeah, they were fine. Everyone was on vacation. Yeah, they just needed to buy a couple extra pencils to rebuild. Yeah. It's like Power Rangers where they'll like level a whole city. It's like, oh, well, no one died miraculously. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah, there's another theme. See, that's another. Oh, wait, I'm just, I'm just singing it to the, to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. Am I, am I correct? Like, is that how it sort went? Sort of. Like, you're close enough. Of Damn. And then they'll remake Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that one. Yeah, that's, that's another show they're making into a, into a new movie. I know, I'm just... What do you think that's going to be like? Um, I, I have seen nothing of it um, mm. other than the toys on the shelves at the store. Um, I could actually, I could care less. I couldn't care less, as a matter of fact. I think it's going to be terrible because they it's the wrong time period for it. It's like, I was thinking yeah. about this the other day, and like stuff like the Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers, they were good for a certain time, and that time has passed. If you try to create it in any other time period, it just wouldn't work. And I, they're trying to like basically mark it off of nostalgia, and I don't see it working out, to be honest. I don't know. Teenage Mutant Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is going pretty strong still. Not really. Like the um, the 
Michael Bay ones haven't done very well. No, I'm talking about like the Nickelodeon cartoon. Oh, who cares about that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the yeah. Michael Bay ones don't. That's I mean, that's like Michael Bay's Transformers. God, stop killing my childhood, Michael Bay. Yeah, he was pretty much buggering everything up, isn't he? With that, uh... that should be a B movie chat that we do. Stop killing my childhood, Michael Bay. There it is. <laughs> I think everybody would listen to that and just go, yes, please, just stop. <laughs> stop putting explosions on unnecessary things. It's like, like watching fucking Aqua Teen Hunger Force, except it's not funny. Throw the remote <laughs> control. Explosion. Take, take yeah, a, a drink. A cat across the road. Explosion. You know, it's just like, let someone have a chat for a bit, you know, or... Pretty much. I don't know. I Just give up. Now that I think about the theme to um, to Transformers was pretty catchy. Just because it was Transformers, robot in, robots in disguise, like, over and over again. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil of the Decepticons. Yeah, I knew that. I figured there were more words, but I used to know the tune of it and robots in disguise. Which yeah, because it up. says robots in disguise in that little robotic voice, robots doesn't it? Robots in disguise. Robots in disguise. Um, Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island had a good yeah. theme song. It told you the whole story. Yeah. So you, can, you can pick up like any episode of Gilligan's Island. And have never seen it before. As long as you see the opening, you know what's going down. Yeah, it was a theme at that time period for like shows like that. They they would explain everything in the um in the opening, like um kind of kind of like the that. titles to anime episodes. Yeah, when it'll be like overly long and like tell you exactly what's going to happen. The death of Genkai, <laughs> like uh, Beverly Hillbillies. The whole song is basically saying the backstory of it. I don't know if they ever actually showed the backstory, but they um, I, I think you. they they did in the opening. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they actually showed it in the show, but the, in the opening, they um, have the they tell you what the show's about, like in detail. Like the Adams family. Do 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 do. Yeah. That's, they yeah, live in a, a museum, and people come see them. Pretty much. Do 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 the Adams family. <laughs> That was one where I, I guess the movie did a decent job. Um, unfortunately, Raul Julia was killed by filming the movie Street Street Fighter. Is that where he died? Yeah, he he died he died shortly after filming Street Fighter, which is quite possibly one of the worst movies ever. Yeah. Um, I- and and a lot of people attribute his death to the atrocity that is that movie. Yeah, is that the Jean Claude Van Damme one? Yeah. Yeah, Raul, yeah, yeah. Was Carly Minogue? I have no idea. Um, I know mm. Ra- Raul Julia plays M. Bison. I uh, think I might have blanked that movie from my mind. Um, probably a good idea on that one. <laughs> Blanca's in it, and Dulcim, and and Vega. Um, Chun Li's a reporter. Um, her cameraman is is the sumo guy. Um, Balrog is in there somewhere. Saigat. I've only watched it like with it in the background while I was doing something else because I I just couldn't stand it. I mean, it it, it came out like at the same time as the Super Mario Brothers movie, so it was actually like the superior video game movie. Well, that's that's saying a lot. Yeah, let's go. That's a thing we should do: um, movies based on video games. Because honestly, I don't really think there are there may be one or two good ones, but they're all pretty terrible. They're all fantastically terrible. Uh, some of them are really unwatchable. Did you see Ratchet and Clank? I've never played the Ratchet and Clank games, so... Doesn't matter. The movie's terrible. <laughs> the games are fun, though. PlayStation stopped trying to make movies. It's probably for the best. They don't... It's a totally different platform, isn't it? It's not. Well, they, so the... um... They did Assassin's Creed recently, didn't they? Uh, I think that, like... That that was nominated, I think, for every Razzie award. Yeah. 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 I kind of let that one go by without it's looking up nice. anything on it. It's another game series. Like I've I've played like five minutes of it, and I'm like, this isn't for me. Like I don't enjoy this. I like the first two. Which one did you play? Um, I think I played the first one. Yeah. See, I played the first one, which I absolutely hated, and I was like. And then everyone got really into Assassin's Creed, and I was like, I don't know why, that is so crap. 
And then my sister got Black Flag, which is a piratey one. And she said, you have to try this. This is amazing. And it, it is. She was right. I was like, oh, my God. It, it, they've fixed all the bugs. Well, not all of the bugs, but a lot of the bugs. Well, my, uh, one of my college roommates um, had it in the, uh, in the living room of our college dorm. And uh, he, 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 I watched him play a lot of the one where you end up fighting the Pope. That um, second one, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a good game series. I mean, I just I particularly don't like that style of game. Mm. Yeah, it was it was fun. It's not the best, but um, I played the first two. I I had the third one, but I ended up selling it before I could finish it because it was fun. But I needed money. But yeah, <laughs> they're they're all right. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that they're, they're fantastic. That's another thing. What about video game music? I'm trying to like the only thing I could think of is the Mario theme and the pause music during um, Battletoads. Then then you got uh, Kirby. Oh yeah. Now that song's stuck in my head. There, I mean, there's but, a lot of iconic music from the Nintendo era, um, from the 8-bit and 16-bit era. Um, all the different Zelda musics. Yeah, gotta forget. Yeah. Gotta Everything that. from Castlevania. I d- do you think they score music sound um, f- uh, video game soundtracks more like movie soundtracks now? Because I'm just thinking of, <clears throat> you know, like the Uncharted games. Another game series that I just I did not pick up. I, I tried really playing good. the first it's really one. Good. And they're going to make a film out of that one actually as well. Oh, God. Um, is is it going to star Shia LaBeouf? Oof. I hope not. Because, I mean, it's just Indiana Jones with guns. It kind of... Well, I liken him to Lara Croft. I would say it's like male Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we see how well those movies did. Yeah. It's not great. But when you watch... So my other half plays the games, and I don't mind just sitting there watching them, because they're quite cinematic, and the soundtrack that carries them through has that same sort of, you know, either emphasizes action or highlights, the, I don't know, the treasure-finding aspect of the puzzle that you're doing. And it's... Do, 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 do. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, finding a treasure. <laughs> not Tetris. No, not Tetris, Zelda. Yeah, when you, oh, when you open a chest and everything or grab, an, grab a new item. I'm not, I'm not singing in Russian here. <laughs> um... But yeah, I just wondered if you thought they were more cinematic these days. Oh, definitely. Like, oh yeah, because you you've got games that are actually like scored by orchestras nowadays. Yeah. Well, I th- my favorite uh, game as far as having a whole orchestra for it was Final Fantasy X because for having the way the graphics were as really the at the t- um, the first um, Final Fantasy game for for the PlayStation 2 with PlayStation 2 graphics, which were really good for that. Um, just the cinematic scenes were beautiful and they accompanied it with like such amazing music that was so memorable and like it really fit every scene in it. So yeah, it's amazing how like movies and video games kind of like cross into each other in a way. And as far as that goes, the music does as well. Mm. And yet, Video games do not translate onto the cinema screen. Yeah, very, very rarely. There's a balance with that. Like, I will say, like, if like I played um, what's it, uh, Metal Gear Solid Four, which is ninety five percent cinematic scenes, and I hated it because the the action scenes, the um, actual gameplay was kind of fun, but yeah, then you're just waiting there and waiting there and waiting there. It's like, okay, I like the story, but can I do something finally? Don't, don't you just hate that when you're like, okay, I'm going to do this in the game and then I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to save it and I'm going to go do something. And then a cutscene starts and it's like a fucking half hour long or some shit like that. Well, then there are games that like don't really have those scenes and you're actually interacting with in during the cinematic scenes. It's kind of cool. Like Bioshock's a lot like that where you can... I think you can kind of move around during all of them, or you can at least move the camera. So that's kind I of a new think concept. that quick time events need to end. No more quick time events. Either make it a fucking cinematic scene, or don't. You know, 
I that's my biggest complaint with like Resident Evil Four is the knife fight with Krauser and you know all the quick time events because it's like you can be doing so well and it takes me like it's like a it's like a fifteen second scene but you have like seven quick time events and I, I die like. And it takes me like a half an hour to get through this 15 seconds of gameplay because you didn't want to like just have a movie going. No, I can't just fucking relax and see the storyline play out. Nope. Although well, I'm, not, I'm not sure if they use quick time events anymore. Well, that reminds me of um, in, um, the game Dead Space where when you die, you have to see this, um, this long cinematic scene of your, of your character just getting torn apart. It's like to mock you for losing. Nice. Yeah. Like, you suck at this game, and we're going to remind you of it repeatedly. <laughs> you will dream of this tonight. And then, and then you're, you're haunted by the, uh, the game over music from, from these games. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely come a long way since, like, the, um, games, the days of Tetris, but, yeah, those, those titles are still very, um, iconic and the music is still very memorable i always think of tetris music whenever i'm moving so we we've also come a very long way from talking about music in movies we're tying it in a little bit yeah Yeah, i think we've gone all around the houses you know as as we say here you know randomness is a gift yeah that's like the fun part like just kind of seeing where the conversation will go yeah but it all kind of links together doesn't it Ah, links like Legend of Zelda. Way, <laughs> I'm gonna pretend that was intentional. Well, which, which I hear there's a lot of problems with the new Legend of Zelda game. I've heard good things about the game. I've just heard like problems like, with the switch. with the switch, I guess, yeah. with it with it freezing up and things like that. But apparently, it auto saves. So, oh, well, that makes it all better, right? Yeah. But uh, Sue, was there anything else you wanted to uh, to mention or talk about? No, I think we've talked about just about every topic under the sun. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. So there you have it, friends. Music and movies and TV and video games and X-Men. Comics. <laughs> so and uh, before we go, um, Sue, you want to, I guess, um, plug your show a little bit? Like, mention that? Uh, yes, yeah, so my show is Heavy Metal Horrorcast, um, episode comes out every couple of weeks it's mostly about horror and movies um sometimes we feature music from bands um you can find out more on heavymetalhorrorhub.com or we're on twitter at hmhcast or you can find the podcast on soundcloud or itunes so there you have it, friends. Sue, thanks thanks for coming on. It's been definitely a, a, a good time. Yes, no, it's been fun. It's been really fun. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, be back for more. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs>